You're watching the Propaganda Report, by the way, the Drive Time News Blast. As I said, we do have a special guest today. I've been talking a lot lately about Brad Raffensperger, the pretend Republican who does the globalist bidding in his position as Secretary of State of Georgia, the dude with basically no real background before he moved to Georgia in the 80s. Very suspicious individual. The guy the mainstream media adores because he, quote, stood up to Trump, a con artist, a fraud. He shouldn't even have won the Republican primary for Secretary of State in Georgia. He had to rely on a record number of Democrats casting crossover votes in the Republican primary in order to win the primary. The AJC, which also loves him, wrote that Raffensperger Sperger would not have won without the help of this record-setting number of crossover votes that were cast for him. He's corrupt. Stacey Abrams, her foundation was driving people to cast their votes in the Republican primary. For all we know, Stacey Abrams might have driven a car full of Democrats to go vote in the Republican primary for Brad Raffensperger to help him get out of that race that he would not have won without the help of the Democrats. He's terrible. He's corrupt. He needs to be out of office. And today we have a guy who is running against him in the race for Georgia's Secretary of State, Libertarian Ted Metz. He will be joining us shortly. You might remember Ted. He ran for governor of Georgia as a Libertarian back in 2018. He's the son of a United States Air Force pilot. He is skilled at recognizing propaganda employed by the powers that be designed to divide and conquer. He knows how to point it out, knows how to reveal it. He's been an entrepreneur in the satellite telecom industry. He's worked as a scientist, as a head of a research division at a major consumer product corporation. And after tiring of the corporate culture, he built and ran an insurance agency before retiring. And now he's here with us today to talk about the race for Georgia's Secretary of State. Let's welcome him in. Ted, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Binkley. Thank you so much for having me on today. Yeah, thanks for being here today, man. I'm, I'm excited about it. I was happy to hear that you were going to be running for secretary of state. I remember when you ran for governor the last term, what made you want to run? Are you asking for governor or secretary of state? Secretary of state. Well, uh, frankly, it has a lot to do with my affiliation with, with voter GA and Garland Favorito in particular. I, I have videos on one of my YouTube channels called operation educate at least from seven years ago or so. Um, the more I hung out with Garland, the more videos I did with him, the more I realized that our electronic voting system had a huge problem. So uh, I feel as if I, as a computer, I'm a computer nerd. I know database administration. I know databases, how they work. I understand all of the problems that we've had with the election system over the years, starting with the Kennesaw State University breach back in 2017 is when I really started paying attention to what Garland had been saying. And that so, one, right, was that the John Ossoff race with Karen Handel? I don't believe so. I actually believe that occurred prior to that. Okay. That's another That's another interesting case that you're making because all of the election data for that particular district was wiped clean also. Wow. The reason I point that one out is because I know Garland, he thought that John Ossoff won that and that Karen Handel kind of stole the election there. I'd just like to point that out just to illustrate that this organization, Voter GA, that y'all work with is not a partisan, partisan. organization. You, you guys aren't trying to just go right wing. You just try and uncover the truth about the elections. Correct. Because it's most, you know, it's, it's fundamental in, in our representative republic that we are actually able to cast a vote for a legislator of our choosing who we feel represents our interests the best, even though that's not always the outcome. That's the, that's the desire. So if we don't know who 
actually won an election because of a lack of transparency or 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 human error or outright fraud what kind of republic do we have we don't we have a banana republic uh, actually what we have is a dictatorship at this point absolutely but, um, to finish to finish the question you asked earlier what else made me decide to run well for secretary of state um of course the position was open and no one else in the libertarian party wanted to run for that and i thought well you know i'm a perfect candidate because i know every issue um going back to um kathy cox implementing the original diebold dre system uh, well and even further back you know the whole hanging chad issue in, in in florida that kind of ushered in the electronic voting systems to begin with so anyway i have a long history of following the entirety of of, of the voting shift from hand-marked paper ballots to electronic, unaccountable, unreliable, unauditable, 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 playing Joe Biden, world, 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 yeah. world, world. Um, so anyway, I, I, I have been pushing for handmarked paper ballots uh, ever since I understood the problem. Yeah. So, so anyway, yeah, running, it was a natural, it was natural for me to run for, for secretary of state and then let Shane Hazel uh, run for governor. Oh, is well, he running for really governor left, again as libertarian? He is. This is the first time he's running for governor. So he's okay. going to be running against my opponents from 2018, you know, a rhino and, and a Marxist. I think that's – yeah, right. I think it's great. So we got a libertarian run for governor. We got one secretary of state, and I think it is perfect that it is someone who has worked with Voter GA, worked with Garland, and all the great research that you all have done. And that you've uncovered – literally uncovered discrepancies in the vote count. That showed some votes that would have gone to Trump. This is something that nobody disagrees with. It's only the explanation that people disagree with on the left. They say it was a mistake and Raffensperger took care of the problem. He fired them. <laughs> people on the right say widespread voter fraud. So I like to I like to start with that basis of y'all have uncovered discrepancies in the vote count that nobody disputes. And you've just been railroaded by the process, the court process finding procedural reasons to kind of kick you guys out of court over and over again right and and that's really the issue i believe that it is an actual attempt to run out the clock you know the the ballot retention laws federal and state are 22 months and 24 months respectively they really should be more than that they should be adequate to cover any sort of uh court court fight we you know garland and, and voter ga filed a suit like November the 7th and, and, you know, trying to get standing, you know, the, the last case to get the ballot access for the Fulton County absentee ballots. At first the judge said we had standing and then he, at the very end, he decided we didn't have standing. So that, that is still on appeal. If we cannot see the actual hand, you know, the, the ballots themselves, the physical ballots, we will never know who actually won the election. Because the voting system itself, it's electronic. It can be hacked on, on so many different levels. It's, 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 I have slides. We can get into that if you want to in a minute. I would love or to. Or we can continue talking about this. And as you said, you have a, uh, you said you're a, a computer nerd a moment ago. And this, the, the Dominion voting machines, those are the ones that uh, we use here in Georgia. I know that Garland, I think he said he, yeah, he personally sat down with Raffensperger and told him, he warned him about these machines years ago. And I think maybe he was giving, I think maybe Raffensperger said, yeah, that's exactly why we are using them in his mind anyway, because they went forward anyway, despite the concerns. Well, we had the whole thing, you know, from, from the, from the beginning of, of, of the safe commission, 
Uh, we testified at the Safe Commission. We we gave papers and documents and and and, and letters to every person that, that uh, participated in that panel. You know, we've worked with Marilyn Marks and and her organization, whose name escapes me at the moment, and and several other voting organizations to try to impress upon the people of the Safe Commission that the gold standard for voting systems is a hand-marked paper ballot. For one reason in particular is that they create an actual physical record, which is considered to be evidence of, of actual voter intent. It's not computer manipulated at all. It is like the record of what the voter voted for. And, and without using an actual hand-marked paper ballot, we may never actually know who won an election because even if they're using these silly ballot marked paper that's spit out by the computer, they're not QR looking code, at those. Right? They're not looking at the at the ballots themselves. And when they do look at the ballots, they find discrepancies. Uh, yeah. Would you like an example? Yes, I would love to see an example. Okay, let me pull up this file. Will you pull that up? Yeah, I, I would say that the Secretary of State race is probably the most important in Georgia, one of the most important in the country because all eyes are going to be on Georgia because Georgia is a central focus of this political cultural warfare around voting right now. And Raffensperger, who is the hero to the mainstream media, they want to continue to prop him up. So they're going to be paying a lot of attention to a lot of attention to this. So I think it is going to be an opportunity for you and Voter GA and everybody to really shine the light on some of the real things that you guys have discovered. Everything is so sensationalistic on the mainstream media and in the news, but you guys have actually uncovered hard evidence of things that you can show. And I think there's going to be a great opportunity to really get that out there. All right. Well, this is, this is our, as my slide up yet. Yep. All right. This is, this is a result of, of district two in DeKalb County. Uh, some people may have heard that there was some, some dispute in that, in this race. And yeah. what we have here is is the hand count for the commission race. And you can see on election day, Lauren Alexander got 2993, Marshall Orson got 3524, Michelle Long Spears got 1029, et cetera, et cetera. All over and then all the way to the right column, you can see the totals. There was a total of 14,063 votes cast. 4866 for Lauren Alexander, 5527 for Marshall Orson, and 3670 for Michelle Long Spears. After the hand count audit, look at these numbers. The total vote count turned out to be 15,868, up from 14,063. And, and look who actually won. Lauren Alexander actually won by quite a quite a good percentage that lauren alexander got 4878 as opposed to the 4886 in the in the machine count marshall orson got 4032 as opposed to the 5527 machine count and michelle long spears got 6823 votes compared to the 3670 of the machine count in wow. other words Michelle Long Spears actually won the election, but they wouldn't have known that unless they actually went to the physical paper record of voter intent and and did the hand count. And, and, and this is why we've been is, saying, do you know what party she's in, Michelle Spears, by any chance? I, I do not. I, I 
believe she may very well be a Democrat. Yeah. But that's just that's just one small vote and or one small election in in in, in one of the metro's largest counties. Why was but that? Can count you see done? this happening in in? Did you guys prompt? The count, to do yes, that count? I will tell you what. No, Michelle Longspears did because she and her husband went to the precinct that they vote in and looked at the tape. You know, after the after the election, they looked at the tape from the machine, and she showed zero votes. And she knew <laughs> oh darn well that she and her husband voted there, so yeah. she should at least had two. Yeah. And that gave her, um, I guess, enough of a, a reason to have a hand count. So, so that's going to be what happening. If we did that in all, if we did that in every precinct in all 159 counties, I believe we'd find that our elections are not what you know they're being reported to be by the uh, tyrants in charge. And as Secretary of State, if you were to win the race, what would you do to remedy this problem? <clears throat> the hand, the hand ballots, hand, the hand count ballots. paper ballots, indeed. So you know you're asking that. Well, let me let me go ahead and share this. Let me share this with you first. Uh, share screen, share this one here, share. Is that big enough for everyone to read? Um, yeah. what, what I have here is a couple of pages from the Curling versus Raffensperger ruling that came out in October of 2020, too late to do anything for the 2020 election. But this is what Judge Totenberg wrote and it says, Georgia's election code mandates the use of BMD system as a uniform mode of voting for all in-person voters in federal and statewide elections, OCGA 21-2300-A2. The statutory provision mandate voting on electronic ballot markers that, one, use electronic technology to independently and privately mark a ballot at the direction of the elector, comma, interpret ballot selections, comma, communicate such interpretation for elector verification and print an elector verifiable paper ballot and to produce paper ballots which are marked with the elector's choices in a format readable by the elector ocga 212-27.1 and furthermore ocga 21-2300a2 Plaintiffs and other voters who wish to vote in person are required to vote on a system that does none of these things. Rather, the evidence shows that the Dominion BMD system does not produce a voter verifiable paper ballot or a paper ballot marked with the voters' choices in a format readable by the voter because the votes are tabulated solely from the unreadable QR code. Right. All right. So that's that. Now. With, with knowing that, we already know that the um, ballot marking devices and the Dominion sheen, machines in particular are, are un, unlawful. They do not comply with Georgia law, and they actually are unconstitutional because they do not allow a person to cast a vote. The vote is not cast until they are tabulated and, and, and sent somewhere else to be um, you know, screened again. So it's, it's just an illegal system. And, and this got me thinking, I, I don't know why it came to mind last night that I started thinking about this, is if, if the ballot, by definition, we know that the ballot has to be produced in, in a machine, like a, a, a human readable text, and the votes have to be counted from the human readable text. That is the definition of a ballot. So if, if Judge Totenberg is saying that 
that system does not comply with Georgia law, then what we do, we do not, you know, the ballots do not meet the legal definition of a ballot. Therefore, it's a fraud, right? You would think, yes. And this is this is this is the email I got just a couple of minutes ago, just before we we're coming on air. Breaking news we're getting. I, I, I sent this to our to our dear friend Judge Paul Nally. Shout out, Paul. And uh, basically, I've I've quoted the text to him in the same manner I just read it. You know, the first thing of the, the Georgia Code mandates the use of BMDs. The statement is correct, but does not notice stipulation as soon as possible or certified by the Secretary of State and safe and practicable for use. A safe, practical use certification was, at the very least, a gross abuse of the Secretary of State's discretion. That was his first point. The next point about the statutory provision um, is legally correct of the legislative intent. So, yes, the legislators did want a ballot that is human readable and, and, and counted by the human readable text portions. And then, uh, blah, 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 all that stuff. And then I, then I basically asked the question, if, if the legal definition, if the ballots don't meet the legal definition, is this not a fraud? And the answer is basically, yes, this is a fraud. We did not have an election. We had a fraud show. Because the ballots aren't legally, you know, they're not, they don't meet the legal definition of a ballot. Therefore, you know, the election was a fraud. So, um, the long and the short of it is the election superintendent superintendents are the final authority on whether or not to use paper ballots. And any statements in on conflict with law, blah, 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 you know, the, basically the judge is saying that, yes, indeed, this is a fraud. And now, we have a new basis to sue. So and that's this the breaking is one, news. This is the, the one judge's opinion. So there is a new basis to sue. You guys will be able to move forward uh, with the help of well, that. Well, this is going to be, yeah, this is going to be a new lawsuit because, you know, nobody really looked at it saying, hey, wait a minute. The law says that this is the legal definition of the ballot. What we're getting from the ballot marking devices do not meet the legal definition of a ballot it, according to the Georgia law. Therefore, it's, it's a fraud. Code, right? Is it, they print out a QR code after you vote now, right? And that's like your the way you verify. You get some code that you you can't read. Well, you can't read it, right? You know, and, and that's the thing is what what I was showing you with one of those ballots before is that um, what the machine read of the ballots did not match what the actual paper record indicated right. of voter and trend, yeah. the voter verifiable portion. Yeah, so we so have evidence that it hasn't worked already. Among evidence other things, worked last time, yeah. And All what, right. What's crazy is when you talk about this is, is you will get dismissed by the mainstream media anyway. As oh, well, that's crazy. You're propagating the big lie, and they just completely kind of <laughs> short circuit people's ability to even think about it or look at the numbers. And they know that this stuff can be. They know that people can look at numbers, a lot of different numbers, and they can their eyes can can start to get heavy, and it can get a little bit tedious at times to do that. So they use that. They exploit people's lack of understanding what you're talking about here right now it's it's really not that difficult to understand but they just overwhelm us with this flood of propaganda to get people to not even look at it but it seems so apparent to me and so obvious the way garland's laid it out for years voter ga the way you're laying it out right here it's obviously not the best system <laughs> well it's unconstitutional and unlawful and and you know it's just a huge you know when it comes down to it it's a boat anchor 
you know, it, 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 you know, the whole system and all the, all the machinery that goes with it just needs to be dumped in the lake. Um, you know how France, yeah. you know, the t- entire country of France votes on handmarked paper ballots and it takes them less than 72 hours for a state, you know, a countrywide election to figure out who won based on the physical evidence of voter intent, AKA the paper ballot. I had no you idea. Know, Georgia law, Georgia law gives, gives, um, each of the county election boards 10 days to certify an election. And their and, whole you know, country the, gets it done in 72 hours on paper 72 hours on paper <laughs> we got 10 days. Yeah. So I mean, we could go on and on about that. You know, we can also talk about polling numbers versus the actual uh, reported election results. Yeah. It's, it's I, just, it's fishy. It's so fishy. Oh, it's very fishy. Polls have been used you know, since they were created as a way to manipulate public opinion, to lead it as opposed to actually reflect it. And (laughs) yeah, look at, look at, look at the 2016 election, right? Yeah. They're trying to manifest reality. Hillary has, you know, Hillary's up, uh, you know, 85% of the people are choosing Hillary. Let me ask you this. She didn't win. No, absolutely not. And they had to make some adjustments. They had to get a few wins after that to try and regain some credibility and trust, which they're, they always do that. They, they get exposed and they do little things to try and regain some of that trust and credibility. And then they just polarize people get people thinking emotionally and keep, keep everybody divided and make people afraid to talk about subjects. It is baffling to me that you can hardly even bring up this subject. That I'm surprised that our stream hasn't gotten kicked off YouTube yet. Usually when we talk about this, it gets booted almost immediately. I'm curious, have you I know the race hasn't all the way heated up yet. We're not we're not all the way to the, the prime time of of the uh, November 2022 midterms. But have you come under any attacks yet? You know, uh, or what's your strategy? Talk about the campaign. I know you, I see a slide up there. Maybe we can uh, come back to this question in a minute, but I would love to hear all about right your strategy and everything. And if people are targeting you, I, I, you know, one of the first things that came out in the AJC about the 2022 candidates, I wasn't listed. I don't know that news media even is well among mainstream media. There's only maybe two reporters that actually know I'm running as the libertarian candidate for secretary of state. So I, I look forward again to be, to being completely ignored by the press. But I, I believe we're going to we're developing a strategy to overcome that. So I'm not I'm, I'm sure I'm not in the polls. I haven't heard any of the polls that actually cover libertarian candidates. Usually you're going to vote Republican or Democrat. You know, so this is this is a problematic for independent third party and, and libertarian candidates is the news won't cover us. And it's quite unfortunate that they've give you all kinds of excuses. Well, we don't want to confuse the voter. If there's more than two candidates, they won't know who to vote for. Yet. Yeah, there's they can't handle. You know, we had that jungle. We had that yeah. jungle candidate. We had the jungle primary and people vote for more than, you know, a dozen candidates on some of the primaries. So that's 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 a non excuse. But that's what they try to push. And of course, we know the reason for that. The real reason for that is that if there are more than two candidates, they wouldn't be able to control the narrative by p- playing both sides against the middle. If, Absolutely. As, and they, they, they so, play that either or game saying that if you vote for the libertarian, it's your fault that the other candidate won. So they, they try and shame people into not voting for a third party by putting the blame on them. 
for voting for a third party. It's oh, yeah. And that, that reminds me of something else that I wanted to cover. Um, I wanted to refute one of your statements earlier. Oh, and go ahead. We'll get back to that in just a second. Um, it'll take me a moment to find the slide, I'm afraid. Okay. So, um, but the, you know, you had said something about the, you know, huge Democrat crossover. Yeah. The crossover votes, it was reported in the AJC that something like, at least at the time that they had counted, this was last week, I believe, the average or so of crossover votes, because Georgia is an open primary state, you can vote in either primary, but you can't vote in both. Usually it's around 1%. This was according to the AJC. And thus far at their last count, 14% of the votes in the Republican primary were crossover votes that were Democrats. And they interviewed all these Democrats who said that they were afraid for our democracy and they needed to punish Trump-aligned candidates. They needed to make sure they did not win and they needed to make sure the big lie was stopped. Well, let's 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 delve into that a little bit. If you'll pull up the slide, I just... Oh, I didn't... Yeah, I'm sharing that now, aren't I? Yeah, yeah I see it. All right, this was oh, according to the Washington Post oh, and, and the AP that 37,000 Democrats crossed over. Yeah. Which is which is only about 3% of all voters and about 6% of Raffensperger's totals. So really, those, those are the poll. Yeah. So the AJC right. put that at 14%. Right. Of course they did. You, you believe anything they print? No, I mean, you're right. <laughs> I shouldn't believe anything. <laughs> That's a good point. And, and as, soon as, as soon as the voter data is available from the Secretary of State's office, uh, we will be looking at that because that's about the only way you can identify a voter through the voter database. Yeah. Now, I'm supplied. interested in what the total numbers of that are going to be. I've been keeping because we'll be look, we'll, you know, because that's the only thing they do is they they um, they say which which Republican or Democrat um, ballot that you pulled for for a primary. That's the only way they, that anyone knows who's who. I've lost my mouse again. There yeah, we we're having some mouse problems earlier. Mine does the same too with a USB connectivity it kind of goes haywire sometimes mm. is so anyway yeah that, that, that was what you're that's what you're saying earlier is like they're making all the excuses for why the you know why brad won uh, or even brian brian brad chris yeah. carr nobody believed that he could win um uh, because it didn't match the polling so right. how do you explain that oh well it was crossover votes all the democrats didn't vote for democrats they crossed over and voted for Republicans. Well, yeah, we'll be able to verify that that story as soon as we analyze the voter data. See, this is exactly why you are a you are illustrating that you are not a, a bias investigator uh, of the vote. You're because my my position on it previously before seeing that data was that the Democrats flooded to cross over and vote so they could prop up Raffensperger and help him win. Because he's their guy on the inside control in the election. So that that would be right. Because he position. did everything he did everything that Stacey wanted him to do. Right, exactly. So that that's the position that somebody opposing Raffensperger might might want to might be willing to jump on, but you disputed that and showed evidence count. So that to me illustrates your unbiasedness. And right there, I think I think maybe you win a few votes simply by doing that right there, because that is what you guys do at Voter GA. And it always I'm always impressed by how you guys are driven by that, by uncovering that truth and not driven by we want the truth. We can right. handle the truth. We yes, want the you truth. Can. You and want remember what I said it. at the very beginning, I'm running for secretary of state because I want it, you know, voting is the most important part of, of a representative Republican. If we don't know 
who uh, who actually won won an election will never be a, a free society. Right. right. People should want to it's know. It's not it's not it's not about partisanship. It's about honesty, truth and, and justice, essentially. I, I, I think I may have said this before, but, you know, the secretary of state's position really ought to be nonpartisan. Yeah. And 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 anti-partisan even. I, I, I really believe that we need to have someone in there that's looking out for what, you know, how how honest and and how accurate was the actual vote count based on uh, uh, undeniable, unmutable record of voter intent, a.k.a. a paper ballot. Right. Which is physical evidence. And we don't yeah, have that. Yeah. And like you said, it's fundamental to actually knowing that we have a, a true democracy. Meanwhile, they're doing the January 6 hearings to distract everything and say that's what they need to do to save democracy when really it's the the vote is what needs to be truly investigated and truly protected to truly protect democracy. Is there a debate in the secretary of state race? Well, you know, it's kind of early because they're, they're, you know, they're, they haven't really even finished the runoffs yet. So I don't think they're going to gear up for any of that until uh, maybe September. Yeah. But they will um, do I would, one. I would, think? I, I'm sure they will. They, they almost always do. Yeah. Um, NPR is about the only, only um, reliable debate platform, you know, the louder milk series of mm -hmm. debates um wsb sometimes has them whether or not they're going to invite third-party candidates you know That's they say the it depends on polling you, you know and if yeah. you're if you're not on the poll when you're being when the pollers call how are you ever going to know if you're going to poll high enough to qualify for their criterion to be on their debate it's kind of uh oppressive i think is the word what did you think of Purdue's performance in the debates against Kent. Purdue talked a lot about the election being stolen. I, I don't know if he was just <laughs> using that because he was he was exploiting the uh, you know the group of people that um, align with that. What did you think about it? I um, you know what? I did not even watch the debate. Yeah, he was stating a lot of stuff that voter GA uncovered, but I, I it it seemed like I don't know if he was really buying into it i think he was just I, i'm not quite sure what he was doing there I, he might have been there to you know i don't know the guy but he, he he might he said some stuff that i was like yeah wow i i agree with that but he also was kind of like a lightning rod for criticism and uh, almost drew so much attention to it that we that's around the same time we started getting old interviews with garland removed from our youtube page and started getting strikes on youtube is around the time he was putting those message out messages out there during the debate so i, I I've, know, I've, I've had i've had videos removed from from uh from youtube also it's, it's really kind of disheartening to know you've put effort into a video that has you know honest content and and somebody at youtube doesn't want the word like election integrity it, it's, to be it's crazy you have to say it like stacy abrams says it to get through the censors if you if you say it the other way it, then you're gone. It's 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 really extraordinary. You kind of get a bird's eye view of the level of of corruption and censorship and and, the, and propaganda mind, and yes. and brainwashing. Mind Let's talk about brainwashing. brainwashing for a minute. Yeah. Oh, you know, January sixth trial brainwashing. You know every I, every every newscaster in America saying you know stolen you know anti what is it um, election denier. You know, we're labeled right. as election deniers. Oh, yeah, everybody's now, a denier. Now, they try to make it sound like a Part of the criterion to be a domestic terrorist is, is that you don't believe yes. 
the election was right or you or you don't like wearing a mask or you don't have a vaccine card those are all domestic terrorism red flags uh uh, maybe they might call it so have you been watching any of those hearings no i it's such a clown show it is a clown show especially if you if you actually you know there are a lot of good outlets out there that actually give truth uh, you know that, that actually show the truth they did actually have video of what really happened and and you know, all these testimonies from the cops who opened the doors for him and said, come on in and blah, blah, blah. And and right. the people that weren't even prosecuted, like that old man whose name escapes me at the moment, who was, who was out there on his megaphone saying, come on, we got to go raid the Capitol. Let's go do some damage. And that guy was never even questioned by the by the FBI. Yeah, he's probably working for him for all we know. Uh, that's just it. I mean, there's a lot of Fed boys there. All the, all the guys there in the videos that had the, you know, the earpiece. And and they're all dressed the same and all that backpack and you know all the all that stuff. Right. It's got to be. Point, but you point that out. You're a Nazi, Klan member, racist, sexist. Do they? They throw yeah. the, the whole line of it. So we do have a kill tour here. Um, they did mention you on the Eric von Hessler radio show during your run for governor. I do. I remember that. And I I know Monica had you on the show when you were running as well. And I was telling my friends about you to to watch the debates. I watched some of the debates with some friends of mine who voted for you. And I remember one of the debates, and I think that, that this was intentional personally, right as you, maybe you remember this, right as you were about to answer <laughs> I was question, there. an alarm starts going off. The fire alarm. The fire alarm right. goes It's off. like, and, 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 it just and that guy was kind of triggered by that, you know, having served right. in the Navy, every time a fire alarm goes off, you like, you know, jump in your fire gear and, 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 and find a fire extinguisher, get on the crew. And it so, was yeah, that was that was like really, really something to railroad your statement that you were making. Yep. Yeah. So, so I guess that's the if they when they ask me the first question on the upcoming debate, I'll say, uh, let me count to five and see if the alarm's going right, to go. Yeah, off you got to go. Hold on. Let's make sure it doesn't go off. And, and then then you get I, I really want to get you on that debate stage. I want I know that you guys. So it's like a, you guys are uh, you guys are truly a grassroots effort that, that's how i talk about how if you see somebody's website they put together and it's it's not the slickest website in the world it's not the, the stacy abrams beautiful perfect website then, then those are the people that are probably more likely to be legitimate because they're they're scrapping it together to to build the website to get the information out there they don't have all the flashy stuff they're doing the hard work and you guys are obviously not going to have as much fundraising as the uh, as rat raffensperger who's got the entire you know, progressive. Nation. Well, and that's the thing, you know, the first election he won, he didn't apparently raise any money at all. It was like all PAC money that came in from, from an un, undisclosed source and, and nothing's on his disclosure report for, for his There's election. nothing on the guy. The guy is a ghost before he came to Georgia. They make it sound like he's a Georgia boy. He was born in Canada. He went to university in Canada. After that, the only information that you can really find out about him before he moved to Georgia, you find in his parents' obituary which was that at some point in time, his family moved to Sterling, Virginia, right outside where the CIA is, not close to right. I know everybody in Virginia lives, who lives there is not a CIA agent. I know that. But when there's just no history, there's that. And then all of a sudden, he's planted in Georgia, and he is in a position right now that carries so much power with it in a state that is one of the most polarizing. And it is the, it's really the center of political controversy right now and it will be in 2022 and you got this guy with no history in charge 
It's suspicious. Well, and and, and the, the more suspicious thing is he ran for a, a House District 53 special election, and and I ran. I was Christine Austin ran a, for that position, special election. When was that? 20, 2017 or so. And and Brad came like out of nowhere, and and you know he's always well coiffed. He looks like he just walked out of a salon, you know, yeah, polished yeah. and you know like like. And and I'm I'm sure all the all the uh, you know his debates weren't that great. His talking points weren't great. Yet he he won that election, and and that put him in the house. He didn't even serve a full term in the house before he ran for uh, Secretary of State out of nowhere. Right. Um, yeah. Anyway, my opinion of, of of Brad at the beginning was like this guy seems to be like a like a high functioning Asperger's guy. He just seemed yeah. like odd. He's off. There's something off about that guy. If you ever yeah, he's like a clone. Get a chance to uh, have a conversation with him or be in the same room with him and listen to him interact with other people. He's just he's off. I'm um, I'm sorry to say that. I don't mean to be denigrating the man. But- I know what you mean. There's sometimes uh, some. You know, people can see him a little bit. Something's missing. And then I every think time, Stacey you know, I'm similar, actually. Um, well, you know, she's a good speaker, but I think she's. A I, 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 I'm going to go ahead and say this because this is something I was less think, thinking about last night was that what we really have, especially in high high positions here in Georgia, it seems like all of the highest ranking people in, in, in Georgia have sold their souls to the devil it, you know? it really does man and and then on the other side of the coin it seems like all the highest ranking people from the left are are the minions out there trying to collect souls yes and they are doing a good job at collecting some of them uh cat says here in the the rockfin chat d-bag is the word you're looking for i believe in reference to <laughs> either stacy abrams or raffensperger or both uh, you know i think stacy abrams qualifies as a d-bag i'm not a big stacy abrams fan she is one of the a uh, very skilled con artist that has oh, won no over doubt. many people that i know and it really bothers me because i i revealed stuff about her i'm the one that found the the clip i found a clip of her mom on a random obscure christian website giving a sermon where she laughs off that her daughter burned the flag on the Capitol. And then I went and I found the old news articles and I, we sat on it for like three weeks because we didn't have a show on WSB at the time because of UGA football. And I did searches on Google. Nobody else was searching that. And then we revealed that on WSB. And within the hour, the New York Times was talking about how it was it just emerged on social media. And actually what happened was Stacey Abrams was protesting the Confederate symbol on the flag. And she's the reason, the civil rights hero, the reason it got removed, which I would say if, if that were true, then why wasn't that the core of her campaign? Why wasn't she running on that? The reality is that she actually sabotaged the effort with a violent group who marched through the streets of Atlanta during the uh, the Rodney King riots and, and, and lit the town on fire. She was the leader of that group a group that advocated violence and they intentionally went and sabotaged this bipartisan effort to remove that Confederate symbol, which was already in the works. The governor at the time begged her not to do it, begged them to stop. They did it anyway because they need that issue. They need the issue to exist so that they can run on the issue, fundraise on the issue and mind control. Right. And it's the the same, same thing with like voter ID They're They're going on about like voter IDs, voter suppressions. Like I have plenty of friends of color 
and and they all know how to go and get an ID. It's like even they think that's ridiculous that they keep pushing that can't get an ID monologue. It's insulting, you know? I would think. Right, and and that's you know some of my broadcaster uh, idols, not to mention any names, says basically that that the Democrat politicians think that their constituents are stupid. And that's quote unquote. That's what he says. They certainly talk about them uh, as though they they're stupid. It's weird, though. You don't often see too many of the minority groups that they act like they stand up for making statements publicly. It's, it's usually like a white woman in her 50s or a, a white dude in his 50s or 60s speaking on behalf of the the people that they can <laughs> represent other than Stacey Abrams, of course, who was the most oppressed person. Yeah. Who's still saying that, you know, that you, you can't get, you can't get water if you're standing in and, line. And that's a lie. It's such a lie. It, it is I heard a lie. that on Bill the, Maher the other night. It, it yeah. They know people. Well, let's go it. back to Stacey for just a minute, because, you know, a couple things that people forget is that Stacey ran uh, uh, a questionable voter registration corporation, if you will. Yeah, and a lot of the voter registrations were kicked out of, 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 of Gwinnett County because, you know, they they get people to say, OK, yeah, I'll, I'll register. And then do they actually register or, or or they do some other something else with the registration form so they can have it for access to absentee ballots? Question mark. Hmm. Yeah. And then, of yeah. course, you know that Stacey Abrams, uh, one of the companies she's affiliated with, if not in direct ownership stake was happy faces and you know who ran most of the uh election day poll worker stuff was it happy faces happy faces yeah and so is it actually- any wonder is it any wonder that there was like like you know no chain of custody documents for for so many different things or it's just there's just it's no so, it's so reasonable when you point it out but when you talk about it to actually when you talk about people one on one in person away from social media away from the digital mob then people actually usually will listen and they're usually more reasonable about it but the problem is that they end up going back to the social media mob they end up going back to whatever their network is they get propaganda from right and, because they're being brainwashed and and they and they don't want to be in the state of cognitive dissonance because the brainwashing is telling them one right. thing when when the actual facts that are staring them in the face right don't don't correspond with what the narrative is and they get confused and they get mad and and don't want to think that's the problem is people do not have rational thinking skills they they cannot discern facts from propaganda and that's yeah that's why we're here they they can but the problem is they're overwhelmed. Every, they either got their phone, they got their TV, they got their computer. If they're always connected, that's why they want people connected because self-reflection and thought is the death of the global <laughs> of this propaganda brainwashing situation. So they try and do everything they can to intercept and prevent that from happening. And I will say that Stacey Abrams actually thanks George Soros in at least one of her books and like all of her organizations got Tons of money. One of them got like $10 million from Soros and her campaign donors. If you look at her campaign donations in 2018, and I'm sure this time as well, every member of the Soros family gives her the maximum amount every single time that they can donate. So that there's no doubt who is 
put money in her pockets. We, we, know, strings. We, we knew that there was an issue when she went to the Bilderberg group. We also knew that there was an issue when she started making a making the circuit of all the late night talk shows. <laughs> right. And that, then like, she played the, the king of, oh, or the president, the president of, the the president of Earth Trek. or whatever. Yeah. I thought, oh, my gosh, this is, you know, that's that's like next level um, predictive programming. Totally. You know? And that's how it seeps in the culture. That's how they get the young people brainwashed. And it wouldn't surprise me. Maybe it's already happened if on some of these shows. In fact, I have seen it on some of these shows. We start seeing vote fraud, you know, Dominion voting thing. And then they have a, a right wing extremist come in and challenge the vote. And they find out he's a he's a clan member who beats oh, his child gosh. and kicks puppies. And they they, they try and reflect <laughs> that through all the cultural propaganda, through these TikTok influencers, through social media. You're up. You got a, a challenge ahead of you for sure. And breaking through all of that noise to get your message heard and get the appropriate attention on it is going to be a challenge you said you were working on some strategies to do that do you have any off the top of your head that you you want well to talk about? yeah let me let me let me do one thing here let me share this let me share the screen with you all right can you see that yeah um what what we're looking at here is is a slide that shows <clears throat> some impossibilities like if they're scanning in a, a, a batch of ballots and they have a start a scanning start time if you look over to the file modification start and the file modification end start this is kind of how it's it's it should look like you know that this the scans should be at one time and and the modification sh there shouldn't be any modifications but so this slide showing that, that out of 98 out of 98 ballots 76 of them uh, were modified. Why? Why were they modified? And that, and that's just one thing that that's what this whole slide is showing is that, that you know, out of out of um, so many, so many ballots, so many of them were modified. It, it's kind of crazy. But the other part of that is, if you look at the file modification end timestamp, it's, it's, it's impossible that 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 could have could have occurred within that amount that short amount within, of time. within that time span and i have another slide that is shows this saying here let me ask you this is, was that saying there that 101 of 101 were were modified like all of them were modified or am i reading that wrong um well you're reading that wrong that's that's, that's how many seconds it took to scan oh i see i see okay um so you know in the first batch 98 were scanned it only took 76 seconds and then at the very bottom, 98 were scanned, it took 125 seconds, 99 were scanned, 205 seconds. Um, but let me go to this other next slide here, because this this is the tell here. I believe this is the right one. Am I still sharing? Yeah. All right. I hope this is the right slide. What what this is saying is out of these um this these batches of adjudicated files, um, they have an adjudication time, like this one here, eleven. 11.5 at 12.53, and then the it's adjudicated immediately at the same time. How is it that it took zero time to adjudicate uh, uh, 10 ballots? Well, so what is their explanation when presented with this? How do they explain um, they, it? Away? They have not had to answer. Yeah. Uh, but I thought I had one more slide like that. 
Let's see. This, yeah, is, so much of this stuff is so. Because the other thing that, that that they have is what's called a, a a Shaw file. I guess I didn't load that slide. I was kind of overwhelmed with with, with slide counts and such. And, and that uh, I mean, timestamps. The timestamps. Time you know, the only way to get the timestamps in a computer system to match, you know, to all be exactly identical, is is to cut and paste or or you know do a column fill. Yeah. Because what we're really looking at here when we talk about Georgia's voting system is that we are talking about uh, a, a, essentially a database. And it's a, it's a database that's based on a giant Excel file, you know, Microsoft Excel file. And anybody that can manipulate an Excel file, it's like really simple. And, and because they use Microsoft and, and Microsoft database software, it's real easy to take the take the um actual csv file of the, and and imported into the database everything's switched um and, and I'm, I'm sorry the one slide i don't have which i i wish i had access to it right this instant is the file that showed when when ballots are being scanned it creates an image and then when the images are loaded into the database it creates another file called a sha file which is just basically the the shell authentication file so if you have a file that's being scanned in it creates an image at, at time x and the sha file saying that it's accepted is like time x plus you know a microsecond they have like 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 countless pages of ballot scan images with exactly the same time and then the sha file being created like in some cases days later it computers don't work like that it's impossible but of course, right. we can't get a judge to act, to actually take a look at the evidence because of, you know, standing or latches or, you or know, just, anything yeah, like that. So, right. and that that kind of takes us back to the Trump lawsuits. Of every Trump lawsuit that was filed, which there were a bunch of them, only only a few of them were actually heard. You know, the standing and, and latches and all that stuff. Yeah, but the media said all the ones, all the ones that were actually heard. Missed. Yeah, they were all one. Right. Yeah. And it's like, you, it's not a case is not dismissed if it's not even put on the docket and heard. Yeah. No, they say he's had his day in court and every single one of them lost. And people will accept that because that's what they want. They, they don't. Right. When because, people want that outcome, they don't have incentive to go seeking out the alternative. Right. Because um, they don't have they don't have the curiosity or or I guess deep enough lack of trust of the media to actually go and investigate for themselves. Absolutely. And, and so those numbers, you just illustrated, I think, what really the the challenge of this whole process is just there. You were talking about how you were overwhelmed with the spreadsheets and documents, which I, I can definitely relate to that. And we have this propaganda machine speaking in sensationalistic sound bites, emotion filled rhetoric that is the opposite of this fact finding, deliberate sometimes overwhelming process of going through all these numbers of trying to understand what we're looking at. So most people would look at these Excel sheets. I hate Excel. I'm not good at using Excel. There's a lot of people who Excel, they just, they, they don't like it. Uh, <laughs> they don't. Oh, come it's on just, now. If you can't create a pivot table. No, well, that's exactly my point. What's a pivot table is what a lot of people <laughs> would say there. So challenge is that information that you were, you were showing us there. How do we, visualize that how do we make that 
digestible for the average consumer who is being overwhelmed by the propaganda machine on a daily basis to where it captures them to spark their interest, to go learn about how it works, to go learn about what what these numbers mean, what they're supposed to look like versus what they look like. That to me, because the information is there, the facts are there. It's getting people, it's capturing them and getting them to have the the motivation to go look at it. And that is a challenge because we're up against people who don't care about the truth, who don't care about facts and only care about getting that attention, creating a way, whether it's, I know Garland makes videos. He has people do short videos for him sometimes, which I think is a great idea. Is there, are you guys thinking about that ways to make this information, information more accessible for digestible, yeah, more understandable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to make a, a video of somebody taking a cake out of the oven before they even mix the mix. Cause that's, that's kind of what it's like. Yeah. You know, you can't, you're, or, 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 you know, taking a, taking a, a, a fully baked cake out of the oven before it's even put in the oven. Cause yeah. that's kind of what we're showing with the data. It's impossible. Right. Totally impossible. I, I'd like to see some sort of ad uh, of Brad Raffensperger He's walking around one of those ads where the politicians walking around and glad handing everybody and, you know, tapping babies and um, saying hey to, to dogs. And he's talking about how he led he oversaw the most secure election in the history <laughs> of the world. And so we as he's delivering this message, he passes through one of the, the voter precincts. And in the background, as he's saying it, you see people panicking and stuffing bass. So you just see all the corruption going on behind him as he's walking with a smile saying the most secure election ever and all the images behind him shows how <laughs> insecure and, and how it wasn't at all just the opposite image being presented there right you know yeah in that commercial they'd be shoving the ballots and, and boxes under the table and exactly stuff, right? right yeah yeah which is apparently just normal and there's nothing abnormal about that at all if you listen to the media and uh, i you know i've been thinking about we, this we, we did kind of i'm sorry to interrupt but we did kind of a good job on illustrating some of the some of the well actually debunking some of the um contested truths in in our um fundraiser video yes you you were there for that yeah, yes yeah, you I were remember. i mean yeah. that video is still up and and all the, when i when i re-edited the the video i actually inserted all of the different clips of like the trucks pulling into the um That's perfect whatever the the detroit center was and unloading boxes and boxes and you know three o'clock in the morning all that stuff is in there um so that's a great thing to go and watch yeah but yeah having Where a video see that? of, of like see that um I'm pretty sure that is on the Voter GA Rumble channel. Voter GA Rumble channel. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of good um, stuff. Actually, I guess, yeah, Rumble let's channel. see here. Let's go to – I happen to be logged into that, so we'll go to my content and see if it's there. I mean, yeah, a lot has been loaded it. since then. When was that? That was a long time ago, apparently. Uh, yeah, that was a while ago. It seems like yesterday. And as far as in, in video it's, uploads go. Yeah. Yeah, video uploads are uh, they become obsolete within a matter of minutes at this point in time with uh, TikTok world. But I've been uh, thinking yeah, about this. I'm a not lot. into yet. Go ahead. I, I know you have for, you have good advice for me. Like well, I, I would like to think of a way because I have been trying to think about how they like capture people's attention. Wait, wait, wait! Did you see? You remember the movie um, "Being There" with Peter Sellers? I don't think I saw that. Um, well, he played Chance the Gardener. If you don't remember that, that's okay. But you know, the ending scene, this guy, Chance the Gardener, is 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 so 
like unthinking, uh, un unwitting that at the end of the movie, he's just like, he walks off on, on to a pond and walks across the water. Yeah. Not thinking a thing about it. That's kind of what Brad is. I mean, I've been at so many hearings with Brad and so many different uh, functions and so many different like committee hearings that he sits there and reads off a script and says things that are just have no basis in reality. It, so yeah, that's the kind of video I've been planning to make is like taking some of my footage of him, like spewing, spewing some, some propaganda and then like actually showing the, the, you know, the actual facts behind it. Yeah, like that's a great idea. Most secure like election. Like Absolutely. I, I love ideas like that. One thing that I do sometimes is so Biden will say things that were said at like a council on foreign relations, world economic forum panel discussion. They will say these words about something, whatever the subject is. Then a couple of weeks later, Biden will repeat what they said verbatim and then call it his own thing which clearly it's not because you have these policy world policymakers are getting together talking about how they're going to implement it. And then you have Biden just puppeting it later. And so I like to show the, the contrast in those and how, how, you know, Biden is very much being fed this information as I think doing stuff like that definitely helps. And, you know, Raffensperger, he's, he is, he's very strange. And I think that you don't hear a lot <laughs> of, 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 he doesn't, he's, I think one of those people that, probably kind of like Biden, they probably try and minimize the amount of off-the-cuff stuff that he says. They try to get him to, to stick to script. But I, anybody who's listening, and I, there will be, uh, we'll have a, a lot of people to hear this. Any ideas? We have a lot of creative people uh, who listen to the show to make this type of information about the election that we've heard from voter GA and Garland and everybody who's worked there. And we're hearing from you today ways to make this digestible, to make it fun, to make it capture people's attention. I think we should try and pull the knowledge and creativity of the people who want to see the truth uncovered here and who care about the actual vote and want it to mean something again. Uh, like I said, I have a background in, in comedy and in theater. So I've been racking my brain about some of this stuff. And w when I think about it, I'm, I have to step back sometimes and I have to go, wait a minute, I need to make sure I have my head wrapped around the information well enough to be able to simplify it and present it in a 3D, 4D type way. You know, the metaverse is weird and creepy, but almost like if people put on a virtual headset, they could walk inside that data and experience that data as, as, avatars and those avatars explain just weird stuff like that of course that's probably a little a little out there i don't know if we're gonna have any of vr game creators here but little commercial snippets little billboard ideas flyer ideas whatever i would love to hear from people listening what you guys think and pull some of that creativity and how can people help you well i i I really, I hate to admit it because I'm one, I like to do things myself. I need help. I need volunteers to get the message out. I need volunteers to contact people, distribute literature. You know, when, as soon as I have enough money to get yard signs, to distribute yard signs and, and such, my website is www.tedmetz.com and, and donations would be a huge help because everything costs money. I mean, even, even going, on a trip to talk to a group in South Georgia has like gotten extremely expensive these days. It really has. So um, the other thing is I, I, I definitely need, if anybody knows contacts in media, get them to 
sign up for, you know, sign me up for an interview, get me on, get me online, get me, get me in the newspapers, get me in the magazines, you know, share my social media stuff of which I don't post much because, you know, the things I post is likely to get me banned on, on Facebook and Twitter and such. So. Right. That is the challenge of there. Yeah. I think demonstrations, live demonstrations that capture uh, media attention. That's another idea. I, I don't, I don't know what kind of demonstration could be done. You were talking about the voting machine. We were both talking about the voting machines earlier, but I, I can see some sort of live public demonstration somewhere in, in the public square. <laughs> with, with has, the anybody, has anybody got – I just had an idea like a 3D printer. You know, you scan in a, a, a bunny rabbit and it prints out a snake. Right. And, that, yeah, that's yeah. essentially what we got going on. Yeah, that's a good idea. That, that, that's a really good idea. It's got to be a snake too because it's got to be venomous because it's wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we're getting some good ideas here, and uh, you're welcome back on the show. I'd love to have you back down the road a little bit as your campaign moves forward, and we can see where you are and see what kind of help you need, and maybe we'll have some we'll have some ideas that we've heard, and and maybe we can put some of them in motion because I I do think it will take kind of a, a a team effort, especially going up against the uh, the big money. But I'm glad you're running. Uh, I've gotten to know you a little bit at some of the live events for Voter GA. Uh, you're a good guy, and you you have the the right message, and I think you're doing it for the right reasons. So I'm I'm happy to I'm happy to give you uh, uh, the platform that I have. I know I would love to get you on it's something even bigger, or well, something a lot bigger. But I you know I want to help out as much as I can. Well, like I say, it's, it, the link on my website is real easy to find. It says contribute. All and, right. you know, five bucks it would help, you know, if, if I get five bucks from 100 people or, or, or 500 bucks from one person, yeah. uh, you know, I need I need money. I'm I really do need money to compete. A donation I can away. do it at a low budget. But I think, you know, the overall message in politics these days, I've been saying this for years now, is that the people with the most money have the most favors to pay back. So right. if you're voting yeah. for, for a mainstream candidate that, looks you know puts five million dollars into a run for a job that only pays one hundred and seventy four thousand dollars a year you know what does that make any sense to you right it doesn't make sense what are they trying to do power yeah that's exactly what they're trying to do and and you you said something that made me think of how you can do things you 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 can do more with less than they can so they get all this money and they do like nothing with tons of money you can do a lot with a little bit i've seen you in action in fact even though you ran for governor and even though you're running for secretary of state now, if you're at a live event at Voter GA, you know what you're going to see? You're going to see Ted Metz running around doing doing uh, <laughs> audio work, doing lighting work. Doing my, he, he's he's getting everything done on the set of these live events, trying to hold it together. And I've done a lot of tech work. I've been on a lot of sets and it's it's not easy work. Audio is always a challenge. Video is always a challenge. And you are in the background there making sure all that stuff gets done. So you're not afraid to put in the work. I can guarantee you Stacey Abrams, Brad Raffensperger has never ran sound at a live event in their life or probably even messed with a soundboard or tried to connect any of those things. But I think that that resourcefulness, that's a good quality to present and one that your opponents are definitely not going to have. Well, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. I, I like stuff I, I, like Because, uh, you know, the, I, I got into activism um, I guess kind of like before, before Ron Paul, and that's something, you know, a lot of people ask me, why am I a libertarian? Um, and the answer is because I tried being a Republican, but I was, um, not happy with that outcome. I went to the 2012 DNC, I'm sorry, Republican national convention in Tampa, where we were all trying to get Ron Paul on the ticket. 
and the Republican Party basically, you know, screwed him over by putting a major block of delegates on, on buses that went on a, a, a grand tour of the, of the state, you know, getting lost and weren't there for the vote total. And, you know, John Boehner was there as, as, as the committee chairman reading off a teleprompter. He, you know, they took one vote and it was a resounding eye among the floors, like almost shook the walls. And and basically he was reading off the teleprompter saying, well, in the opinion of the chairs, the uh, the nays have it. So yeah, right. Yeah. You remember that, right? Yeah, I remember. I used to go back and watch a lot of those old interviews where Ron Paul just takes the microphone off and, and leaves the interview with the, the whether it's Fox, CNN or whoever, because they always just tried to, to do things like like you described there. It, one in particular, I think I, I saw this a couple of times. They, they'll bring Ron Paul on and, you know, they're all serious. They're professional broadcasters. I believe this was Fox News. And the first question they had, they have the other candidates on and they ask, you know, serious questions. They're, they're taking them very seriously. Next guest out, we're going to have Ron Paul on. Ron, um, thank you for joining us here today. There is a supporter of yours down in Texas who has been making signs claiming that you are having sex with Rick Scott. Could you comment on that? Would you like to tell him oh, yeah. to stop spreading that? And Ron Paul just takes the microphone. I mean, that's the first question. They're going right, to ask. The second question is, so you want everyone to be on heroin, you know? That's right. The yeah, yeah. Question. Yeah. How long have you been gay with this? It's just they they try and it, they it's ridiculous. But his. So if you finally stop beating your wife, you ask the beating Told your wife me. question. Absolutely. Um, but the, he always responded to those very well, which I think the way that he handled that, he just didn't even have time for it, I think is part of the reason that he he. Um, people got fired up about him because they loved that he didn't take no no trash from anybody. <laughs> well, I'm I'm going to continue with this. I, I I did start out as 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 a Republican. I actually um, was voted in to positions, including like the third vice chair of the 13th district, and 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 some of the people behind the scenes are 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 not nice people, and they are not constitutional. And and I have to say, first and foremost. From about fifth grade forward, I my my history buffness was all about the American colonial period, learning about you know the Great Awakening and and all of the things that the founding fathers had read and how erudite they were and and learned and philosophy and all sorts of things like that. Ugh, sorry, <laughs> and um, you know I understood that, that that they were actual philosophers. And they understood a lot more about the world and about the way, you know, the human nature is than, than most modern men today. I had great respect yeah. for them. So anyway, the long story short, you know, reading the, the Federalist Papers, the Anti-Federalist Papers, reading um, everything from our American legal tradition, which is all English, English common law from the Magna Carta forward is, is, is what America is founded on. Um, anyway, knowing all of that, I am what I would consider... Uh, my new phrase is original intent constitutionalist. And I found that the majority of the GOP um, officers were not original intent constitutionalists. And, and by and large, most elective officials today don't even abide by the constitution, whether the state constitution or the federal constitution. And that's, that's another reason I'm running for government is because we have the remedy for every government solution that they try to put upon us is like another band-aid on on an old wound 
to the point where you have so many band-aids on the wound you can't get through a door and instead of like peeling off the layers getting down to the problem you know they keep adding more layers to it and that just complicates things makes things more expensive you know and this is one of the reasons that we're having an oil problem right now in america is is regulatory you know, regulatory environment why yeah. we don't have a manufacturing in america is regulatory environment epa regulations blah 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 taxation and you know all this stuff um I forgot where I was going with that because I got off track with, with all of the regulatory agencies. Yeah, I love stuff. it. But uh, here again, we have a remedy for every ailment, and it's called the Constitution of the United States. The Constitution was a limiting document. It was meant to restrict the authorities of the federal government. And, and this is one of the things I'd like to do as Secretary of State is actually implement a program to where we know that every child that – graduates from eighth grade and goes to high school that they know the state constitution and the federal constitution and they know for a fact that is a restriction on government authority and all these things that are outside of government authority really need to be defunded you know defund the epa fda dea fbi gbi you know all these all these agencies that that have no constitutional basis for existence in the first place and we start taking back those layers if everyone understands that, I mean, under Georgia law, we have so many things in the Georgia Constitution that if people knew about, they wouldn't let these shenanigans occur. For example, in the Georgia Constitution, it says that each legislature shall each legislator shall always be amenable to the will of the people. And 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 they're not. You can you know, that's part of their oath of office. Yeah. We need to hold them accountable to their oath of office. But how would you know that if you didn't know if their oath of office was number one and number two, you didn't know that the, you know, the, the guiding principles from the Constitution. So this is this is the problem with with America today is um, stupid kids who been, are learning been BS propagandized and brainwashed into thinking that those documents are no longer relevant. Yeah, that, I, again, I love that. Message are the right foundation. Now. They are the I, foundation of, our, of, of American our, our, our representative republic. Get. Educate the kids. That's that's where it starts. I love that. I'm going to cut that little portion there uh, as a video clip for you because I think you had a nice you had a nice message there that I think people will I think people need to hear. And I'm gonna I'm gonna get you a little short video of that right there. And is there anything else? I'm about, we're gonna wrap this up. Is there anything else that you wanna you wanna say before we close out? Please, please send me money. <laughs> um, I, I mean, that's I, I'm, I'm kind of making that silly because I, I kind of hate to ask for money, but I have to. Please go to my website, tedmetz.com, find the contribute tab and, and, and donate to my campaign so that I can actually get the message out by advertising. You know, that's that's the most important thing is, is, is buying uh, all of the newspapers over the years that I've been doing this, like campaign management. Uh, all the newspapers say, well, we're not covering you because you're not on a list. Well, why aren't we on a list? Well, you're not on a list because you don't buy advertising from the from the paper. They oh, should okay. cover you because you're not on the list. Like that's what journalists Well, and this do. is the thing about this is the problem with um the fairness doctrine that was sort of like like um voted down in the seventies. You know, the fairness doctrine used to be that you had to give e- e- equal time for each candidate. Yeah. Oh, no. I know I could time. go on all day, Brad, but uh, I guess yeah, I yeah. Should, should try to well, shut up. Yeah, no, we're gonna come. I'm gonna. I want you to come back on, and we'll do it again. And yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna keep track of what's going on, and definitely, I'm gonna make some donations and, and support in ways that I can. Ra- Raffensperger is he is uh, a wolf in sheep's clothing. I know there's a billboard billboards 
that I don't know if you guys are responsible <laughs> for those or who is, but uh, Raffi the Wolf, I've seen some of those around Georgia, and, and it's it's an accurate portrayal of him. And uh, you seem to be looking for the truth. And from what I know of you, your history, that that that's what you do. And I wish you the best of luck. It's going to be a challenge, and hopefully we'll we'll have some we'll come up with some good ideas to try and make this information more intriguing. Well, not intri- I mean it is intriguing. I, I'm going to use the word digestible. It. Yeah, digestible was uh, what the original word, and I think that that people just need to need to get them in it, and then they'll start to see it. It's that initial capturing them that is the challenge. And uh, yeah, I think we'll get some good ideas to do that. Thank you for joining today. It was uh, interesting. And I really, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by this because you are, you do have a challenge in front of you, but when you're in a position like this, it's almost like there's nothing to lose in that the expectation is that Raffensperger is going to win, which I think when you are in that underdog position, you can get a little creative and you can get a little experimental and you can discover ways to accomplish things that these other guys never would have thought of. And I look forward to seeing some of that happening and Excellent. maybe I can help. Um, I appreciate right, that. Thanks Thank again. You. Thank you guys for watching and we'll talk to you all next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Bye everybody. Again, tedmets.com, T-E-D-M-E-T-Z.com. Check it out.